0: Well, good morning. I'm so glad y'all are here. I'm looking forward to this time as we uh, look into God's Word and we, and we hear, a, a hopefully, a, a very encouraging, uplifting, and inspiring story about transformation and how it's something that can happen in each and every one of our lives. Um, I'm sure most of you have situations in your life that you would like to see change or uh, other things, but, you know, God's not always about changing circumstances. What He is always about is transforming us. And making us more into the image of His Son. And I just uh, would ask, if you're here today, and it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter if if you're kind of distant from God and don't feel you can know Him or or you've been following God for a while, if you want God to do something in your life, for you to become more like Him today, or maybe to to know Him today, I I pray that you'll leave encouraged today. Because this is a message about how God transforms people's lives. And it's not just the first time you meet Him. It happens over and over in our life as we follow Him. And if that's the desire of your heart, I ask that you would, as I pray, that you would pray to God. And that you would ask Him, God, would you reveal yourself? Would you speak to me today? Because whatever's going on in my life, I can't do anything about, but you can. And I want you to change me. If that's the desire of your heart, would you join me as we pray? Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to come again and to worship you. My Lord, to encounter your presence. And I pray that you would speak to us today through your word. That we would leave this place like the, the character of this story. He left rejoicing in you. And Lord, I pray that we'll leave rejoicing in you today. Because we know of your faithfulness to us. To accomplish things that we can't do in our own strength. So would you speak to us today, move me out of the way, and Lord, would you be glorified in all that's said and done, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you'll take it out and you have an outline that's been provided to you, you can follow along in that. What I'd like to do before we look at the outline, though, is just read this story. You know, we've been doing a series, John said, I'm finishing up today on I Didn't Catch Your Name, and it's been a series about just different individuals in the the Bible who have incredible stories, but we don't know their name. I think one of the great reasons why we don't know their name is because God is saying that can be you. You can find yourself in the story. You can identify with them. And today, we're going to look at this story from uh, Acts chapter 8, starting in verse, uh, oh goodness, got to take off my glasses. Isn't this awful? I'm getting old. John's a grandfather. I am too. 826. My kids. Well, anyways, uh, so we're going to start in Acts eight twenty six, reading the story of the Ethiopian eunuch, and this is a story that when John and I were talking, because we knew we were going to be planning for a time away that he was going to be uh, with his family for the birth of their grandchild. Um, which story? Which character would I like to do? And you know, honestly, this is a pretty well known story, uh, the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And I said, I want to do that one. And as I started preparing and reading and getting ready for it, I realized everything I knew about the story was about what God did or what Philip did, but it wasn't from the perspective of the Ethiopian. And so what I want you to do is as I read this story, this is what I did. And I want you to do the same thing. I want you to read this story or I'm going to read it. You follow along with me. Just think about and just place yourself in the story. Place yourself in the shoes of the Ethiopian eunuch. Not what you know, not what you expect, not what you already think is going to happen. Just place yourself in the story as this, as, this, as this individual, the Ethiopian eunuch. And so I'm going to read this and just follow along with me. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasure of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. And then Philip ran over, and he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, how can I? Unless someone instructs me. And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. And the passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears. He did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip. Tell me. Was the prophet talking Talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop. And they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch never saw him again but went on his way rejoicing. Now, when you read that story, there's a lot of incredible things. Uh, One of them is just the end. I mean, this is like Star Trek, snatched away. I mean, like, beam me up, Scotty. I mean, he's there one minute, baptizing him. Next minute, he comes up out of the water. He's looking around, and Philip's gone. And I know there's things that you can read in this story and get caught up on that. But what I want us to do is to look at the story again through the eyes of the eunuch. And the first thing I want to do before we dig deep into it is to, is to really think well what what what's going on? who is this eunuch and, and maybe what is a eunuch and just it's a sensitive subject, okay don't google it don't do anything. just trust me that it is a it is a situation where a man has been castrated to serve in the royal service now why that might happen and usually how that happened is um, the ruler the rulers the king the palace officials, whatever, usually would take an individual, a young man, uh, maybe he's like Daniel, he was from a conquered country, but in this case, we think, since he's Ethiopian, he was one of their own, and maybe that's uh, what they did, they just went and found the best and brightest within their own people, and said, we're going to bring you into our service. Now, that sounds great, until you realize what's involved in getting prepared for that service. Uh, it's kind of a thank you for that laugh it 's uh <laughs> it 's a sensitive subject, and what happens is when you 're a young child, i mean they perform this procedure on you, and they do it for a couple of reasons, one because uh kings at that time they looked very suspiciously at someone who had an eye out for the throne, and if they could take the throne, because they're in this place of trust and responsibility, and then use it and then put their own family in charge. Well, guess what? With a a eunuch, you don't have to worry about them trying to pass on a dynasty to their family. They have no family to give it to. And so I started thinking about this, just thinking about this. Maybe he was a, a young person, and he was brought into the service and endured this. Procedure that maybe he didn't want any part of. And now he's living a life and, you know, people might look at him and go, well, look how, much, how successful you are. You're, you're the treasurer of this whole kingdom. You have all this responsibility, all this wealth. And yet, maybe still inside, he's still thinking about everything that was taken away from him. Have we ever tried to do that in our own lives? To try and fill the longings of our lives with success and material things? Because this eunuch, he was successful. He had everything. But I think what drives the story is maybe something that you and I can relate to, is that he had something unfulfilled within him. And maybe for him it was, what good is all of this if I have no one to share it with, if I have no family, I have no one to belong to? And so maybe he had lots of deep questions. And one thing we do know is that he went to worship in Jerusalem. Now, why in the world would an Ethiopian go to Jerusalem to worship? I don't know. It doesn't say he was a Jew. It doesn't say that he was a proselyte or, you know, a god fear. It does say that he went seeking. And maybe it's because he heard of the the legends of Solomon through the traditions. You know, the Queen of Sheba went and heard of this great king who had all this wisdom and this people of God. And maybe that was one of the things that just created this desire in him to know more and maybe we've been there. That's one of the things, you know, you start to have these longings and you realize all the things I have don't satisfy it. Maybe there's something else, and we begin to sometimes turn to God. I have a friend, his name was Dane Ocker, and he was a pastor, and he, he mentored me. And we, I was in California at the time, and this was a church that was filled with people who you would probably not recognize. I mean, this was a church that a great majority, if I was to say 75, 80% of people is their first time ever in church, I would be underselling it. I mean, this was a church where you had Hell's Angels guys who were handing out bulletins at the front, and right next to them was the stripper who just got off of her job. Where I'm serious. This, these were people who were far from God, and they were coming. And I, I loved Dane. He had such an open heart to people to know God and people who are far and felt they could never be good enough. And he would meet with them and he'd take me along and he would always start off with going, you know, there's so many ways that you can fill the hole in your life. But I just want you to know, none of them are going to be satisfactory. You're always going to be left wanting because that hole within you can only be filled by God. And he'd say, so let's just do a favor. I could list a thousand things that you could start trying to pursue to fill your life with. But will you do me this one favor? Will you just trust me? And will you just say, we'll just start with Jesus because he's the most different out of all of them. Because out of all these other things, they're what you do for yourself or what you even promise to do for God. But Jesus is completely different. It's not religion. It's not works. It's not trying to fill this emptiness with other things. It's about what God does for you. And he said, if you would just take this journey with me and trust me, just give me six weeks where you will allow Jesus to be what you pursue. And we'll see if that fills your heart. And, you know, maybe that's what was happening with the Ethiopian. Except he didn't know to, allow, to search for Jesus. Maybe he just said, well, I'll search for God. And so hearing this, he, what he knows, he goes off of that and he goes to Jerusalem. And he's returning back from, from worship. And I have a feeling that maybe once he got to Jerusalem and started going to worship, it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. Maybe you've been like that too. Maybe you've gone to church and you've thought, I'm going to get right with God and I'm going to hear what it is. And you go and you say, I'm going to be there. And all of a sudden it's like, uh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Because I'm sure when the Ethiopian eunuch got there, he was surprised to learn that in Deuteronomy 23.1, it says that eunuchs are forbidden to be a part of the assembly. Now, if you go to the temple and you go to worship, it's a very segregated place. You go there and it's Jews here, Gentiles here, men here, women here. Well, if you're a eunuch, where do you fit? You're not a Jew. Are you a man? Are you a female? Are you, what are you? Where do you belong? And, you, and everywhere you look, there's people with the family, the, the dads with their sons and the women with their daughters and everybody. And you're just there alone. Realizing I don't even fit here and maybe that's where you find yourself in life You just don't fit or you don't know or you have a need in your life and you just can't solve it And you turn to everything you know Well the first thing I want you to know is that God knows who and where you are because God knew who and where the eunuch was And how I know that is because in Acts 8, 27, it says, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, basically, that sounds exactly what it is. Go out to nowhere. God knows where. That's this place right here. (laughs) Because he didn't know where he was. It's a desert road. And Philip has just been on an evangelistic crusade in this city in Samaria. Uh, The town has responded in Christ. And now... There's work to be done, and an angel comes to Philip and says, Hey, I want you to leave what I'm doing here because I want you to go to this nowhere place. He doesn't even know why. He doesn't know when. He just says, Go. And so he starts out, and it says, Then he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the candy. And we've talked a little bit about who this eunuch is, but God knew exactly who he was and where he was. And he probably also knew the deepest longings of his heart. Philip didn't know any of that. But he went to worship. And I think when he went to worship, even though he was surprised and couldn't probably do everything, God knows. Because he went seeking. And you know, that's just such a powerful thing, to be a seeker. But in our society, I honestly... I don't think we seek very well. Because I think we seek when it's convenient. I think we seek when it's easy. And I think we seek for small-minded, lopsided things. Not the big, important issues. We seek for what's gonna, what we want. But I have a feeling that God knew when this eunuch was at worship that he was seeking for something more. And he couldn't find it. And God knew where he was and what was going on. Let's continue on the story. Point two is that God knew the eunuch was seeking, but he needed more revelation. Like I said, maybe all that he knew right then at that point was that there's this great God in, in Jerusalem. Then he didn't understand the rules, didn't understand how it worked. Maybe he was frustrated But the fact is, let me read this part again, starting in 27 of chapter 8. It says, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Now, let's just talk about that trip as a seeker. Do you know how far this trip was? I tried to to look. No one knows exactly where he originated from, but it's down south in Africa. And by best guess, by my best guess, it was anywhere from 500 to 1,000 miles And that can be either one-way or round-trip. So let's just say it was 500 miles. Round-trip, that would be 1,000 miles. That means if he traveled 30 miles a day in this horse-drawn cart, 30 miles a day, it would have taken him a whole month to get there and back. That's not convenient. That is seeking. That is seeking at great cost. And then when he got there, in all the confusion, how many times we get something and we, and we seek and we don't get what we want, we're like, "Well, I'm done with this." Instead, it looks like he purchased a copy of the Scrolls. He purchased a copy of Isaiah. Now I don't know if you know how unusual that would be, but usually only a town might have one copy, let alone one individual have a copy. I mean, these are not something like you go to the Barnes and Nobles or the bookstore and buy a copy of the Bible. I mean, this was stuff that was handwritten, that was not easy to duplicate. This was almost priceless. And yet this man, somehow, whether he has the whole thing or a portion of it, he has a scripture that he purchased. And as he's writing back, instead of being frustrated, going, well, that didn't work, he's still seeking. He's taking what revelation he has, and he's asking God to give him more. Like, he knew that there was a God. He didn't know much about Him, so he went. And then he found out that there was a Bible that proclaimed who God is. And he didn't know, so he bought it and took it. And then he tried to read it. And as he read it, he didn't understand. But see, God knew who He was, where He was, what was going on in His heart. And He knew what He needed. Now, that should encourage you beyond belief. Because if you think it's just up to you to figure it all out, it's overwhelming. But when you know that there's a God who wants to do something, it should encourage you. And this is what God did. God knew he was seeking, but he needed more revelation. And that's what God does. If you know that there's a God, you don't have to know everything about God. But if you know there's a God and you seek and you pray, God, I want to know you, he will reveal more. And that's what he did in this man's life. He revealed more through the word. He was reading the word. He didn't understand it. But God didn't stop there. Because he knew he needed more. So you know what he did? He sent Philip. Philip, who had no idea who this man was, why he was there, but God said, go, because I'm doing something you don't understand. And he went, and then he, he's walking, and, and this man is just reading this scripture about Jesus. And Philip just goes, do you understand what you're reading? He says, no, I have no clue. How am I going to know unless someone tells me? Do you know that's what God does in our lives? If you're faithful a little t- revelation, God will continue to give more. And so he opens himself up to someone to come in and to instruct him. Sometimes we don't do that, do we? If we can't figure it out, I don't want anybody else telling me I'm going to do. But this person opened himself up and God revealed more. And I can imagine that as he's going, you know, he's reading this scripture from from Isaiah and he's just seeing himself and I I mean not to be insensitive but read this it says and Philip urged he said uh, this passage of scripture he had been reading was this he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb is silent before the shears he did not open his mouth I'm sure as a man who's been castrated there was a time where he was led someplace he didn't want to go and someone pulled out some shears that should be funny And as a lamb, and he didn't open his mouth, and he was humiliated, and he received no justice. And things were taken from him, and life was taken from him. And where's the justice? They gave him a role, they gave him a job, but that didn't satisfy the real needs of his heart. Where is it? And then it says, who can speak of his descendants? And you can probably hear him just going, it's me. Where's my descendants? Who is this man? That's what he says. Because it says, for his life was taken from the earth. And that's what he's thinking. Everything was taken from me. Even though you feel like you're given me a job and success and stuff, this stuff was taken from me. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And boy, that's just the golden ticket for an evangelist, isn't it? So, verse 3, the eunuch responded in faith, and then he's filled with joy. But let's pick it up where it starts in Acts 8, 35. So, beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Not about the hopelessness about your situation. Not about the effort and the rules of religion. About the things that you have to do. He told him about what Jesus did. And if you read, starting with that, that passage in Isaiah 53, it's amazing. I encourage you to go home and read Isaiah 53 through wherever, till the end of Isaiah. But, I mean, you want to talk about a scripture that talks about Jesus and how you can't miss him. And it starts off with, this was the man who was bruised and was taken, paid our penalty for sin. And then in 54 and 55, he says, it's an invitation. If you're thirsty, come and drink. I mean, can you imagine a man who had gone seeking God and was told no? No. No. No, and all of a sudden he's reading saying if you want it come and get it. And he and he, and he's like, I want it. And then on top of that, there's a part in 54 I'm sorry, 56 where he says, "Blessed are all those who are careful um, I'm sorry, don't let foreigner, verse three, don't let foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say the Lord will never let me be a part of his people. And don't let the eunuch say, and I'm dried up tree with no children and no future. For this is what the Lord says. I will bless those eunuchs. Can you imagine Miss Phillips reading this and taking him on? His heart is being f- filled. And he's going, I want this. This Jesus you're talking about, I want it. And it says when he sees water, he goes, look, there's water. What's stopping me right now from responding? I love that. That when, when he hears from God and he sees what God wants, he responds right away. Because there's sometimes when we respond or we hear something, we just kind of put it on the back burner and we say, we'll get to it later. And we never do. And then we miss out on the joy. Because when he comes up, he realizes everything's changed now. My heart is fulfilled, it's not in my position, it's not in religion, it's in Jesus. And I once had nothing, and now I have a whole family, I'm a part of his people, and I have a purpose. You know, he doesn't just keep this message to himself. Tradition tells us that he's the one that goes back to Ethiopia and starts the Christian church in Africa, because he shares what's going on. The joy is so much in him, he can't contain it. It's pouring out. And, it, and again, it wasn't how God did it, because I would have been going, wow, did you, that guy was here, now he's gone. He never even talks about Philip anymore. He can't get over the fact of what God did to fulfill his needs. And that is a life that's transformed. And the reason why I resonate with that story so much is because it's my story. I grew up in church. I had a little revelation about who God was, but I didn't know him. I knew about him. I didn't really know him for myself. And then when I went off to college, I was at a place where I was doing well in school, but I knew it was the end of my freshman, first semester of my freshman year. I had this conversation with myself. God, I know what my parents have taught me, but I'm getting ready to go the exact opposite way. Because I'm feeling unfulfilled and just being successful in school, making friends. There's got to be more to this life. And if you are real, then you need to come get me because I'm about to do stuff that I know is wrong. And two days later, two people came and knocked on Johnstone C724. Because God knew where I was and he knew what was going on in my life. And these two young students, told me about how I could have a relationship with God. And can I tell you, everything has transformed in my life since then. And it's not always been a bed of roses, but I have so much more joy because I know Him. This is my story, and it can be yours. So if you'll turn to the second part of the outline, I just want to help you to see that. Because... Likewise, God will provide what is necessary to satisfy the real longing of your heart. Just like he did in the eunuch's life. And just like he's done in my life. He's a God who doesn't change. And he knew where the eunuch was. And he knew where I was. And guess what? He knows who and where you are as well. Listen to Psalm 139, 1-6. O Lord, you've examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Maybe you read that and that freaks you out. Maybe you're going, I don't want God to know that much about me. Maybe you're also afraid because if He knows what you're thinking, He knows what you're going to do, instead of getting a hand of blessing upon your head, you're afraid you're going to get a hand on your rear end. But the fact is, is the reason why God knows is because He's looking for where you are and what's going on so that when you're ready to respond to Him, He knows where you are and can find you. And it's too great for us to understand that he wants to bless us. And maybe some of you are a little upset because you feel like your situation, maybe like the the eunuch where it was done to him, you feel like, ah, this was done to me. And God, you let it happen. How could you let those men take me and do this to me? And you blame God. I want you to know you can't, you can't be made whole. You can't be transformed if you're blaming the only one who can save you and change you. And that's why I put this verse in here from Psalm 34. 18 it says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted because maybe you think God caused you to be brokenhearted or maybe you think he's allowing you to be brokenhearted because you've done all these things I want you to know that's not God's desire for you he wants to fulfill you and he wants to meet every need that you have but he's waiting for you to turn to him like the eunuch and like me and not just for what you can get from Him, but because you want Him. Which is what point two is. God will reveal Himself to you if you seek Him. Not just what you want from Him. And when I look at this, I see that the eunuch, he sought God in worship. He sought God in His Word. And he sought God in instruction from others. And you know what? Those are the same things that we can do today. And he says in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, If you look for me wholeheartedly, You will, not maybe, might. You will find me if you look wholeheartedly. But again, like I said, I think a lot of us like the idea of seeking, but we don't really seek. Because we want it to be convenient, we want it to be easy, and we want what we want, not maybe necessarily what God wants. But the question is, are you willing to seek like the Ethiopian eunuch? Are you willing to seek? When it's difficult, maybe when you get an answer and you're like, well, I don't understand that. I don't know. It looks like an obstacle. It didn't look, I mean, it looked like an obstacle to the eunuch when it's like, yeah, you want God, but you can't come in here. But he kept seeking. Do you allow obstacles to stop you? Do you seek when it takes time and money? I mean, this, the eunuch, he he invested everything. I got to know you. What what things hold you back from seeking God? And and when he read, when he came across things he didn't understand, he didn't cause him to put the Bible away and say, I'm not gonna. He kept persevering, he kept seeking, because this is the one thing I know about God. If you don't know now, keep going, because he will show you. He didn't stop, he kept seeking, even when it got difficult, when he didn't understand. And then somebody came into his life. Are you willing to open yourself up in your seeking to have someone else come in and help you? Because you can't do it by yourself. That's why, we, that's why we ask for people to be in connect groups. Because we know we need other people. Are you seeking? Hebrews eleven six says this, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Well, if you're seeking Him, and that's what you want more than anything is Him, and you get rewarded, what do you think that reward will be? Him. Because can I just encourage you? That's God's nature. He's not a hider. He's not up there going, they're never going to find me. They're never going to know me. He wants to reveal Himself. And He wants to reveal Himself fully to you. And if you seek, you will find. And if you don't have the answer to the solution yet, keep seeking, don't give up. And then last thing, number three, God can satisfy your needs. And I just want to say when you respond in faith. A lot of times satisfaction doesn't come before the step of faith. It almost never comes before faith where we're like, God, you make it clear, then I'll step into it. Most of the time he's saying, I'm here, you've got to trust me. And then when you step into it, then you find satisfaction. Then you find the peace. Then you find the fulfillment. He never makes it just... Here it is. You have to trust Him. You have to step into faith. And this is what it says in Psalm 90, 14. I know it says Matthew 7, but it's Psalm 90, 14. It says, Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. He doesn't say, Satisfy us each morning with the desires of my heart and what I want. He says, Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love. Because you know what? There's no situation in your life that you're going to encounter that God's unfailing love will not be able to meet and sustain you and bring you through. And when you do, then you walk in joy. Because your life is not based on the circumstances, it's based on Him and His love that knows no limits. And I just want you to know, the question there for you is, are you going to be like the eunuch? Are you going to respond right now? When the revelation comes, are you going to trust him now? Don't say, I'll do it later. Be like the eunuch. Look, there's water. This is how I'm going to demonstrate my faith. You say, what's stopping me right now from responding to God? Because I'm going to respond right now. And if you will, then I know the same God who satisfied the eunuch and the same God who satisfied me time and time again will satisfy you. So we're going to close in prayer. Uh, The band's going to come up, I hope, or otherwise I'm going to sing and it's going to be awful. But uh, I just want us to close in prayer. And if uh, you have any decisions or any responses that you need to make, I just want you to come and we'll be happy to pray with you. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the truth of who you are, that you know exactly who we are and what's going on in our life. And that if we seek you, we'll find. And that if we need more of a revelation, you will continue to give it to us until we get what we need. Because you want us to find you more than anyone. And uh, Lord, when we do, we'll be satisfied with joy. Um, So God, would you make this real in our hearts. Just like you've done time and time again in so many people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You This heart that is now yours I So much for coming today. Um, You can take your Connect card and uh, drop it off in the white buckets that the ushers have. And um, y'all have a blessed week, and let's share the love of Christ this week to everybody. See you next week.